BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner. With great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it, and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo, uh, solo, live. Yes, I'm alive, I'm healthy. Uh, it's, um, oh God, I even forgot the name of the title of the show, but whatever the title of the show is, the title of the show, it has something to do with um, COVID-19. Oh, don't, don't lick that pole. I think that's uh, maybe the title. That's what I wrote down, I don't think I did. Uh, my... Partner. Oh, I got my number too. I'm going to be calling later on. We're going to be having uh, Jen Friel on the show, um, doing a Skype interview with a uh, local young lady. I don't even know if she's down here anymore, but I will, I will call her. Um, she's a sweetheart. The um, right now, I mean, I'm sure by the time well, we are listening to a live. There are shortages of toilet paper, Purell. People are starting to change their habits on how they um, greet each other. We got the uh, foot kicking. We have the fist bumping, which has been around for a while. Elbow, um, all sorts of things. I mean, Jesus Christ. I've seen people licking each other's faces when they come in sometimes. So it's not, it's not all that uh, far out. So... I'm here, and I'm in the forefront of it with the service industry. You know, some of these people may dispute, but there seems to be a discernible uh, slowdown, uh, considering what we expect in this time of year. But uh, we 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 don't have the volume they did before. But we did all we're doing all right. We are the keys, I, and the, there could be a uh, some kind of counterbalance with. Um, us, uh, the keys being domestic and people being afraid to go in to places like Italy, Europe, places they're not sure of. They may want to stay close to home. You know, it is spring break coming up and your kids are out of school and stuff like that. You may want to, you know, maybe you were planning to go someplace. And um, I think uh, the airlines, uh, which I really don't understand why 
CEOs of a company would suggest that the whole industry would lose $100 billion. And that was a statement made, I think, last week by several CEOs of domestic carriers that they would lose $100 billion, which is self-defeating. I mean, it feeds into the hysteria of it. And I think maybe me just talking about it may feed into the hysteria. And I mentioned before that if there was a book back in the 90s called Freakonomics and just shows people's uh, obsession with things they're not oh, comfortable with, things that aren't, haven't been around, you know, back in 2018, it was Ebola. And before that, we had H1N1, uh, bird flu, all those things. Uh, but we, yes, and they point out there's flu. People die of flu every year. They die of the common cold. They die of obesity and things like that. But when something new comes along, when they don't know what to do about it, don't know how to treat it, don't know how it's transmitted and things like that, people have a fear of that. Imagine... I mean, we always have these apocalyptic movies. I mean, a while ago, it's still going on. The zombie craze that every fucking other show on television was a fucking zombie show. Uh, imagine, though, at one out of, you know, 10 million deaths, uh, someone wouldn't die and then come back and start eating brains. That would be some crazy shit. But um, I don't think uh, we... Uh, have to worry about that necessarily but when it comes to uh when it comes to something they don't know about the virulence of and or the mortality rate and in in china they seem to have gotten a handle of but china is a different kind of country they get more draconian strict uh shutdowns i did put in the description that i'm self-quarantining myself but i meant that i'm self-quarantining myself from the uh hysteria I mean, there is, it's hard for people to do the dual ideas in their head that there's a new virus, the coronavirus, around, and to enhance their precautions without getting hysterical about it. Yes, people with compromised immune systems, upper respiratory problems, older people and things like that have a higher incidence of contracting a more serious kind and end up having a, uh, in certain populations, there's a much higher uh, mortality rate uh, where some guy on television was suggesting it was upwards of 15% in, in the most at-risk communities. And that community would be seniors. Um, people in their 70s and up. And how it ravaged, it ravaged the whole uh, in Washington State um, a retirement home where out of 120, let's say 11 died. And we, with you know, people speculating what the mortality rate is, uh, they don't know if, they don't know the testing. Unless you tested everyone that carried the, and let's do the math. Unless you carried, if you tested everyone that came down with it and if you don't show the symptoms you might not go and get tested and considering I there was the numbers thrown around that the the test as of early this week or last week in some places there were the test cost thirty two hundred dollars so that's very prohibitive so unless you had everyone tested everyone and let's say a certain population take a whole state 
and after it's run its course, and let's say there was in, in the population of Washington State, I'm going to speculate, 8 million people, right? Um, it's probably higher. But you tested everyone, and everyone had a coronavirus, and, and then the deaths that occurred to the people, that would give you the accurate mortality rate. But if everyone isn't tested, then the mortality rate, let's say a million people caught it and only a thousand died. So that means that it would only be a, a point one percent, one out of a thousand, or point oh five percent, one out of two thousand. So you really don't get an accurate mortality rate unless you have the accurate of how many people, total people were uh, contracted it. And this is me, not a scientist, but I do know numbers. And people say that all the time. Now it could be higher or less. So, so people are, they're worried about the virulence of it, how easily it's caught, how, may, how easily it's transmitted. And um, when some virus is very, let's say, it's like the, uh, someone suggested it was the angel of death for people in a certain population group, that that builds a little hysteria. There could be people that can contract it can go through all the thing, the two weeks of being a carrier and never show any symptoms of it. And there's some people that come across and have some mild symptoms in there and they, they come out of it. And other people would come down with a serious upper respiratory condition. And I'm, if you're an avid listener, I'm sure you may think that I have uh, always had an upper respiratory condition, but I think I have a long-standing coral dust allergy and I just always have this down here in the keys. I was a heavy smoker at one time though I haven't smoked in years and uh, I do come up, I'm a fitness instructor but every year I come down with some kind of respiratory uh, symptoms and you know I'm coughing and hacking and stuff like that not very sexy. But then you think about the precautions they tell people to do. Years ago during the Spanish influenza, they uh, they used to have spittoons, brass spittoons all over the place. And now you don't see that, I mean, unless it's a collector's item. You know, if you find it on what the American pickers. So uh, they, during this inf influenza, they realized that uh, the human bodily fluids, fluids were very good transmitters of the uh, Spanish influenza, which actually started in the United States. And it... Um, they, they restricted that. They started saying, hey, listen, how about we don't do expectorate and that spit in public? Makes a lot of sense. It's amazing that you have to tell certain people that. But this is what we have to do. Um, okay, in just a moment, I'm going to be calling up Jen. We're going to try this. It's going to be, oh, you know, this is live. I may get some people saying that. But I did record earlier, and I did see that there was uh, no um, issue earlier with... Uh, I did my test. I'm calling this person. You hear that beeping coming in? That's me. Hey, there we go. Let's see how we work. I'm going to get Jen Free on here. Four, eight, eight. Here we go. Let's see how it works. Uh, she isn't online. I don't want to online. I'm just calling a regular number. I'm just going to call regular come on 
It's a regular phone call. Was that a Skype phone call? Let's see. 305. See. 305. 509. 2488. I got credit. Uh, here we go. Come on. Let's do this. We're gonna call. I I just I guess it didn't process. I have, I bought Skype. So let's see what's going on. Yes, let's go. My credit. Pay now. That's it. I got my credit. We're gonna call this number again. Let's do this. Three o five five. Oh boy, I know. You guys must think I am not. But hey, listen. This is it. There we go. What? It's saying it's not calling. What is going on? Let's call. Jim. 305-509-2488. Okay, let's see what's going on. Hey, it's ringing. Hello? Uh, number unavailable. It says the number unavailable. Let's, let's do a little message here. Jen, is this, your, is this your cell number? Is this your cell number? Let's see what's going on. 5092488. It says the number's unavailable right now. Let's see. Hey, are we blocked? Okay. Um, I'm calling you. Let's see. I'm calling you from my scum. I'm calling you from Skype. Let's go and let's see if it works. I'm sorry if it doesn't work. Okay. Let's try it again. Five oh nine. It's gonna work. Nine two four eight eight. Two four eight eight. Okay, I got Tony. Okay, let's go. Let's call that number. Three oh five. Do I have to put it do I have to put a one in front of it? Let's see guys, let's see. Three oh five. Five oh nine. Let's call. Let's see what happens. Are we in line? Hello? Oh, man. What's this number? 48. Oh, I get it. Hmm. 
Okay, I'm calling to you, so let's get this one. Let's do that. Save. Save phone number. It's what? United States. Come on. United States. I'm sorry, listeners. Yes. Let's get this. This is why the elderly are failing at technology. You know that? Let me go. One three oh five four oh nine two four eight eight. Call. Let's see. Ah, it's eleven. Damn it. Let's see what happens. Okay, okay, let's try this one more time. This is what? No, just 305. 305-509-2488. Let's see what happens. There we go. Technology, don't fail me now. Here we go. Hey, Jen, this is Jim. How are you? Hey, I'm amazing. How yeah, are you? Very good. Hey, you were the one. I don't know if you were the one that originally suggested. That, no, you originally suggested. This is Jen Friel, everyone. Uh, we're, yeah. Okay. I wanted to uh, apologize because I am, once again, I'm kind of inept. I'm using Skype. Skype ties into my podcast uh, uh, broadcast app, and it's able to. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's what, and let me see, hear you talk. Let's see. Yeah, can you hear me now? This is the test, one, two, three, four. Oh, five, come seven. on, Skype. Uh, you know what? Are you, I'm going to call you right back. You son of a gun. I'm going to call you right back. Oh, why did that not come up? Audio. Okay, what's that? There we go. There we go. Jen, I am so sorry. I'm going to call you right back. Okay, call. Let's call. Let's use this number again. Call. Hey, try it again. Yeah, you know what, Jen? I... I, every time I get off this um, my broadcast app, I have to re-up the. It's called virtual cable, VDK, VB cable. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and for some reason you're not coming in again. I do not know. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Is it I, better if I get on Skype? Uh, no, it's not. It's not you. It is not yeah. you. It's it's my. Um, let me just bring this up. For some reason, it... Okay, that's on. That's on. I'm going to put that on audio. Maybe that'll work better. Uh, and I got my cable up. Okay, can I hear you? You hear me? Hello? Did I cancel? I am a son of a bitch. Here we go. Hello? 
Okay, so you're probably still there, and I just probably, what did I do? What did I do? There was a problem with your microphone. Settings and audio, you're probably still there. I'm going to turn this off and turn it to the recap. Hello? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me now? I do hear you now. For for some reason, the audio isn't coming through on the broadcast section here. I I hmm. have you. Um, I apologize. It is. Yeah, no worries. Oh no! Now it is. Now okay, it, great. That, that's it. Oh, I was just me- uh, mentioning to the podcast audience. Whenever it comes to technology, I have the curse of the the older American. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, just so do a lot of people. And even when you're a techie, it still stinks because sometimes, nine times out of ten, anytime you're doing a video app or some sort of Skype call, <clears throat> it will no doubt cancel on you or you'll have some sort of technical difficulties. So it also means you're normal. Yeah. Well, this is the, the virtual cable actually, you know, brings your audio into the show. And I'm able to do all this, um, the manipulation from here. Let me see. Uh, we we got uh, Jen Friel. Are you Jen? Are you in the key still? No, I go back and forth. I'm in Los Angeles now, but I'm uh, I'm working very hard to get back to the keys. I'm actually going to be down for a visit in a couple of months, so I'm excited. Okay. Well, I'm going to first. Um, I'm I miss first, it terribly. I'm going to talk about how we met first, and then we, would you be comfortable talking about what you do? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, we met. We. I'm a. Uh, I was just a new spin instructor at uh, Mariner's Hospital, and Jen was one of the participants in it. And we started, uh, I, I had a couple small side gigs going, and you, we started uh, talking back and forth about um, app, applications. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that was my, I guess I, I was acquainted with social media and things like that, but you're you're the one that really got me uh, thinking about applications and things like that. And I had told you about a guy that came up to me and wanted to sell me one for six thousand dollars. He wanted to develop one for me, and yeah, it, it was. <laughs> and what did I say to you? What did I say as the response? Like walk away? Like what's going on? Yeah, do like, not do yeah, not do that. Facts, to yeah, do not. Yeah, <laughs> they have free ones. They have yeah. free ones out there for very minimum cost that you could d- develop, and it was they were so much better. That's great. They were so much better than than the one the one they were showing me. It was pretty much like if you were putting a Mercedes Benz uh, Benz next to a Trabant, one of those East German cars made out of plastic. Pre, yeah. Pre uh, uh, Berlin Wall coming down. That was the difference. But you had uh, a very interesting, and and the more I got to know you, you had. Um, can you tell us a little about yourself? You had a blog, and I remember exactly yeah. what it was called. It was called Talk Nerdy to Me. Yeah, Talk Nerdy to Me Lover. And then, um, actually, it was amazing. So I've, uh, I live in Los Angeles. I was in L.A. for almost 10 years. And then I fell in love. I uh, My whole purpose of starting my blog was to find my lover to talk nerdy to me. And so from my perspective, I accomplished my goal. Uh, but before that, I uh, crashed the Grammy Awards to meet Pete Cashmore, who's the king of social media. Um, I danced on stage with Prince. I bartered uh, social media to live for a year. So I got to 12 states with $10 to my name before influencer marketing was even a thing. 
And then what really made the blog popular was my dating. So I, I accidentally went on an over 103 dates in nine months mm-hmm. using uh, OkCupid, which had a compatibility algorithm. And, uh, and yeah, I just documented my life and adventures and wound up in the keys and kind of ghosted everything and then became this person instead of a persona. And uh, your spin classes were amazing um, because, you know, that was part of, you know, my thing because I love spinning so much still to this day. And uh, so I met some amazing, amazing people. But then I, um, I built an app, a proof of concept for an app, and then I went on a CNBC show for it while on the island. And then, um, like, literally within a couple months later, my show sold. Uh, it had already been optioned to Jerry Brockheimer while I was on the island. And then it sold in a four-way bidding war to CBS. It was in a bidding war between ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. And I'm super happy to report, finally, after almost five years of being in various stages of, of development, we're a couple months away from production. So it's really, it's coming to life. It's exciting. And uh, I just can't wait to show everybody. But the keys were so important to me and I, I hold Isla Murata very, very near and dearly in my heart and I'm just so grateful for those two and a half years because I was able to really kind of discover who I was outside of Hollywood, outside of, you know, LA and just this noise that, that operates here. I was able to really figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life and I just got really lucky in the process. Wow. That's, uh, I wanted to ask you, well, that, that is a lot of questions in there. You, st- um, <laughs> you started, um, uh, you, you came up with the idea of uh, why you're on OKCupid, or prior to that, you were looking for your you're looking for uh, someone to talk nerdy to you. Love, yeah. Right? And well, well, I was at yeah, I was November third, two thousand and nine. Uh, so we've been around for a while now, and uh, and so I, uh, I I was at a tech conference, and I was in tech. I started typing when I was two. I had my first computer company when I was eight. And, uh, and so I was working in indirect cellular activations, which no one knows what that means. But I was working for a Verizon master agent and uh, basically just got, you know, these accounts to sell more Verizon over everybody else. And so I was going to a series of these tech conferences in like 2006 to 2008. And then um, I went to this one in 2009 and I saw that like there were actually attractive people there. And there were there were like women for the first time. And I was like, wait, this is a social, they, it wasn't even called social media at that point. It was called Web 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it was the precursor to the term that we all know, social media. And so um, so I just looked around and I was like, oh my God, I was like, nerds are going to be hot. This is a thing. I have waited my whole life for this moment. And so I, uh, I knew how to obviously secure a handle and, and know how to build sites. So I just built it. And I used it actually as a way to uh, timestamp my ideas because I'm really good at predicting trends. Um, and, uh, and so I can just kind of see where things are going before they get there. And, uh, and so I was like, great, you know, I'm a daughter of a lawyer. So I was like, okay, great. You know, uh, why not just at least timestamp my ideas, write them out. I didn't mean to, to do any of the stuff that I did, but I just kind of gave myself this permission slip because I was like, even with crash and Grammys, like, okay, I can do this. But my worst case scenario is, is I'm going to know how to not crash the Grammys and I could potentially be arrested, get charged with trespassing sit in some holding cell for like 24 hours and I can tell that story there was no I didn't view anything I did as having any sort of good or bad because it just I knew I was going to be really honest with what I was experiencing and I think that's what especially now more than ever that's what I feel like was missing from people is because they they just you know want to maybe explore certain things but don't want to crash the Grammys but they'd love to hear someone's honest take on what actually occurred and so whether it was dating and adventure or, you know, even work-related stuff, I've just always been brutally honest. And, uh, and I think that's what kind of made it made a difference and, you know, kind of my own little space within uh, the Internet. 
So it worked. Well, but it was a lot of hard work in between. The backpedal. When you got on OK Cupid, was that the was that the nascent beginnings of it? Was that was it around for a while? Yeah. So I had started. Um, I had started bartering. Uh, OK Cupid. I don't remember exactly when they came out. Um, but I was on match for free weekends when I was like 19. So I huh. finished high school really early. And so I couldn't get into, and I never went to college, so I couldn't get into bars. Mm-hmm. So like Match.com, Free Weekends, and AOL chat rooms were how you met people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so that's what I did. But when OkCupid came out, I was actually couch surfing, and, uh, and this gal kept mentioning to me, she's like, all you do is I just see you sitting here working. She's like, why don't you actually go and, um, and start, you know, uh, create a dating app, you know, create a dating uh, profile on OkCupid. So we, you know, busted out a bottle of wine, and I wrote it exactly how I wanted to write it. It was very tongue-in-cheek. And then once I got the responses, I was like, well, this is kind of cool, because I was like, I'm a life caster, so if you buy me a beer, I'll give you a hug. I didn't want to go out for dinner with people, because there was a gal that was on Match.com who used it to, like, get $30,000 worth of dinner from guys. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be really clear, because I was bartering, so I had to be very, very clear with everyone that, like, I'm not dating and bartering like there was no there was no crossover in between it was I was bartering and then while I was out and about I would go out on these dates so I had a compatibility prerequisite that I never published but if I was into a guy or girl for that matter and we were 85 percent or more compatible then I would go out on a date with them and it was it was awesome I learned I learned so much about myself and you know I I've met a wonderful modern day shaman who actually I'm going to a podcast comedy show with tonight who, who helped me with like Reiki and, and my, uh, my synopsis of the whole thing was that I was emotionally unavailable and I was kind of a douchebag myself. So he uh-huh. helped me work through those intimacy blocks and barriers, which is how I ended up on the island. <laughs> oh. So oh, tell us about the island then. Yeah, no, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you want to talk about feeling like a fish out of water. So I, I went down there with this gentleman and he's very private. So I, you know, very much respect that about him as well. But, um, but, you know, he's, he's someone who, you know, is, is independently out of state where he doesn't necessarily need to work. And so, um, so it was wild to go from being this massive workaholic to kind of like uh, almost like a housewife without the title. So it was like I would go to spin classes in the morning, you know, drive my little BMW and, you know, it, just, it, it, it was amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it just like it just wasn't really me. And I was trying to figure out how to kind of marry the two of my old life with my new life and I just didn't know how to make that work so then I just took space from from that because I was like okay well let me focus on my relationship and and he's amazing he's still to this day one of my best friends but we were Mm -hmm. far better as being uh being friends than we were in a relationship and so uh so yeah but then I just like I said just got an amazing group of friends I love volunteering at the churches down there that was my favorite those are my favorite days of the week and, um, you know, and just kind of getting to know people. I mean, I'm lucky I can work from anywhere. So, you know, getting a job wasn't wasn't difficult at all. But it was just, it was a real fish out of water story. And here you are, and I'm learning how to jump off roofs into a canal. I'm learning, you know, we're climbing up the alligator, uh, the, the Wait, big alligator reef. you know, where the... roofs into a canal? That's kind of like... Um, yeah, that's what we did. Is that kind of like, I, I don't mean to be... But that sounds like jackass behavior from the show, jackass. No, but it wasn't. It was, but it was just kind of, it was, it was just really, it was very liberating, I guess is the best way to say it. So my friend had access to the top of his roof. I've done that. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that's my point. It wasn't something I look back on as a, uh, it was one of the things I learned not to do later on. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, but I think that's what's great is like having that like awareness of like, I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this for Instagram. I'm not doing this for a post. Uh I'm doing something just so totally different. And I was terrified of the water at first because of sharks. Uh And then you realize like barracudas are way scarier than sharks. So that's no big deal. Um, and you know, just all these stories that I told myself that I really got to end up living down there and I'm so grateful. Yeah. You know, the great thing I found out about, well, at least we were talking about technology and all those things, the people that I tend that do interact with me for podcasting mainly, they're already somewhat tech savvy and some of them, most of them would understand some of the references you made like ghosting. I did a show about all those things, um, uh, all this new social media turns out there when you because no one yeah. knows I mean gaslighting was a thing about five years ago where yeah. people I mean gaslighting actually was from the 50s if you talk if you think yeah, of gaslighting you're right yeah, and, yeah but you're no right. one ever thought of turning it into a a, a verb a dating term yeah. yeah it is it's interesting but it's it's one of these things where you know, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through a blog, whether it's through an Instagram feed or Twitter or anything like that, like people, you know, you're, you're building stuff up, you know, maybe some people do it to express themselves as well, but there is, you know, in the majority of people, this, this idea of an end goal. And I think that's what's so cool about, at least my story is like, I did work so hard. I got everything that I wanted uh, and realized I didn't want it. And then mm-hmm. didn't know what to do because what goals are you working towards? So then I, I had this amazing mm-hmm. opportunity to redefine what that meant. And so, uh, so yeah, it's like I said, I'm just, I'm really grateful, but yeah, ghosting and gaslighting and all that. If, if someone's, you know, been, been married for a while and, and just recently got divorced, they must be very confused with how people speak nowadays. Cause it, it's a totally different language to learn. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, I, I guess I came of an age. I'm, I'm, I relate to you closely. I was president of the national Honor society when I was in high school and in college, I, 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 I kind of you, when, when you move to a different place, you can actually play a different role. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, you can always like you move to L.A. and you come to the Keys. You're whoever you decide to be. You put, you throw in a pair of glasses. You you speak uh, you speak a little more. Uh, you're erudite about the things you say. Then you you know you come off as more intelligent, or you can come you know depending you know you can get more base or down the street level and and depending on where you are you can and how comfortable you are saying those things that uh, you can be those things and that's what happened like I was I was married and I came to the Keys and I've never felt I, I started uh, when I I wasn't really into the social media when I was married luckily because that wouldn't have been that would have been an infidelity problem but once I got separated and things like that I kept on looking at it but I was bartending so um, I guess I was interacting if I was still in the city I think I would probably go with I would have felt somewhat comfortable using those uh, tools that they have available but when when someone yeah. an eighty five percent match, right? Do you yeah. find some people are, you know, answering a survey? Some people answer the questions they want, the way they want it to be, or the way they want to be portrayed. I know they give you long, and psychologically, the people that come up with these uh, uh, tests, they try to make it so some of the questions counteract if you don't 
pay attention to it, you know, just the wording of it. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's what OkCupid did. So I, I happened to meet the guys who created the algorithm randomly. We were both in the same co-working space. I couldn't write that if I tried. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I got to actually ask them a lot of these questions. So, yeah, they, they definitely did some of that. But I think going back to your point earlier of, like, kind of, you know, island life in terms of social media and dating, it is 1,000% different. Um, it's, you know, even even when I was down in Isla Mirada, you know, I went from dating all these people and, and you know, going wherever. And, and, you know, like, I remember just sitting at Marker 88 and being, like, talking to my girlfriend. Because if I talked to too many guys and I was too new in town and people didn't know me, then I would have, you know, at least from my perspective, been ostracized. Whether that's true or not or something I made up is one thing. But it's like I was very intentional that, you know, once, once I, uh, you know, my, my first boyfriend and I broke up, I was like, okay, I have to figure this out for myself. So I was lucky that I had a core group of girlfriends, but I just built out those relationships and didn't really talk to a lot of guys because mm-hmm. I didn't know enough about who, who was dating whom or, you know, this, I let this person buy me this drink. Like it really was a huge shift for me. Um, and that's kind of what was the best part about it was it taught me to focus on relationships in a different way because, you know, I was on Tinder down there and it was the same people over and over. So I was just like, okay, you know, or, or it'd be, you know, people that came down from Fort Lauderdale or Miami and I'm like, these aren't the people I really want to date. Um, so it was, it was very, uh, it was very interesting dating down there. It was a lot more through like mutual friends and things of that nature than, than typically apps. And I don't know if that's still the case. This was five years ago, but that's, that's at least what I found. I, well, I, I, I don't. I don't think I went on a thing. single date on an app. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it is a smaller. It, it's a. It's a. If it was a library, it would be a high school library. It wouldn't be the Metropolitan Library in New York, but for um, sure the New York uh, Public Library. Or uh, it's just the. There's only so many titles available down here. Uh, Absolutely, but the quality is amazing. The people down there, like that's what I loved about it so much. Just people were so passionate about their community. And they were so, they took action. I remember when that chef from Ziggy's passed away, within like 24 hours, they had something like $250,000 raised. I mean, it was something outrageous. Where you're just like, my goodness. And it was obviously such a shock to the family. But then you'd see all the people coming over with like casseroles and food and like, what can we do? Like, things like that you don't see in, in larger towns. So it's like, just the, the quality of people is definitely, you know, and it's different to whatever degree, but I, I found it to be really remarkable, the pride that everyone took in where they lived and, and uh, you know, taking care of the community. I, I agree. I'm, I'm from Philadelphia originally, and uh, I, I'm proud of the high school that we have down here. When the kids, when the seniors graduate, uh, everyone, anybody wants to co- go to college down here and uh, has the ability to go to college, meaning the capability to go to college intellectually yeah we'll get help here and uh they they give out tons uh tons of money to these uh graduating seniors so those in need are taken care of down here and we we are community minded down here another thing i did notice when you're down here you did present yourself very i guess professionally and was you were very affable and friendly without being that there's a, a, a median when someone's talking. And obviously, it's a different dynamic when you're talking. When I'm I'm talking to a younger woman, I, I put yeah. on a different uh, persona than I'm talking to a woman my own age, you know. So, it was different because down there, like, I didn't necessarily want, like, I didn't have anything to hide. I created a separate Facebook page. 
I just wanted, like, I wanted to figure out who I was and not sort of be judged for my blog and how honest I am or was. So you see what I'm saying? So it was like, I, I specifically called myself Jennifer to most people when I first met them because that was like a way to dissociate within a certain group. But also I pride because that's also my name. So like it wasn't that I had anything to hide. It was that I was trying to figure out more of who I was independent of anybody else's thoughts or, or beliefs or judgments. Oh, does that make sense? Yes. yes yeah. It, does. it was I mean, about, it was the most, yeah, it was the most effective way that I could do it. And so, you know, but I wasn't hiding anything. I had, you know, certain friends on my, you know, Facebook page down there and I have people on cross in between. Like, again, there was, there's no shame, but it was just, I needed a minute to figure out what was mine and then what I could give to everybody else. And I, I hadn't experienced that before because I was so giving on the blog and giving with my time. And so I just didn't know what that looked like. So I had to figure it out for myself. No one can teach you that part. So, so when you're you're in the keys, right? Someone runs into you and they say, "Wow, you you they give you give them your CV, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's it's impressive. It's very impressive to me, and it's impressive, I guess, wherever. But does it feel different when you go out to the LA? I mean, because there's so many. There, I mean, that's where everyone's doing their thing. That thing. I would have stayed. I would have stayed in the Keys had it not been for um, front camera show selling. I I would still be down in the Keys. I actually had another apartment that I was going to rent. Uh, that there's this really cool treehouse above the uh, the lobster trap. It's literally a treehouse, and it's <laughs> the coolest that? apartment ever. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I wanted to rent it. I put a description of the show in um, that it says I'm, I I self quarantined to a treehouse. Yeah. Oh, there Prior, you go. No, well, here's your here's your loop. Yeah, there's your loop. Because yeah. there is. There's literally, it's a, it's a treehouse. It's just one of the coolest apartments I've ever seen. And um, and so I had that. Like, I had a deposit in. And then when Bruckheimer Show sold, I had no I had no involvement in it. And so I was like, wait, this is based on my life. Like, I had, they, everything's defined before something goes out. So it was like uh, two years of negotiation, just of, like, line items with attorneys. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I only came back to LA because I wanted to be a part of my own show. And so, and thankfully, I, I was able to now do that, and now I'm running it. But like, I couldn't have done that from the keys. But mm-hmm. if it happened any other way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have left. I would have stayed mm-hmm. down there because I just the relationships that I had were that important to me. Yeah, I imagine there's some things you can't do. There's uh, you know, teleconferencing nowadays. Yeah, it's just not the same because everyone down there wants to see you. And then, you know, I love telling people that, like, in my little station wagon, I always had a cooler, red Solo cups, a bathing suit, and snorkeling gear. Because at any given time, I didn't know if I was going to jump in someone's boat and go somewhere or, like, you always need red Solo cups. You know, it was just such a great, such a different life experience than I was used to being a city kid. And so I really, uh, like I said, I miss it a lot. Oh, You know what, Jen, that sounds like... That would be a really interesting way where you can judge someone by looking about what's the things that people make sure they have in their uh, in the back of their car. So if someone, if oh, some yeah. guy had some rope, masking tape, and ether, I would really, <laughs> I would, I would, I would, you know, I would be leery of his intentions. But uh, someone a red solo cup, a bathing suit, and a snorkel, and a cooler. It sounds like you're you're out to have a good time and uh, yeah that was the best that was the best part is just getting calls from your friends being like 
hey, I'm, you know, passing by in the boat, you know, want to jump in and you never know, you could have been at Founders Park or wherever you were. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that that made the the spontaneity of all of it and, the you know, again, love of community and things of that nature are, you can't get that everywhere. I mean, I'm lucky I created that for myself here in Los Angeles in the community that I live in, but I had to like cultivate that. I would sit down there uh, every Tuesday with a box of wine and games and make people play games with me. Cause after it only took two weeks actually, but after that long, <laughs> I finally made friends with everyone, either through giving them wine or talking or whatever. And that's how I, that's how I made friends. But what, I had to, I had to, uh, well, we do a lot. The one of the games that that's my favorite is called worst case scenario. It's really random. I don't even know if they still make it, but it like teaches you skills on like, if you get attacked by a shark or if you get attacked by an alligator, like what do you do or how to survive malaria? It's like really weird stuff um, that, uh, that if you play with the right group of people, it can get very competitive. So okay. we can be able Are you there? Answer and not, yeah, and yeah. not anything else. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there, there was one, oh God, it's in my, it's in my cabinet, but I got the headphones on and we just, uh, it was, it's, uh, there's tons of games out there that spur kind of what was the other one that the, the one where they had the clay and the drawing and the, oh uh, cranium 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 yeah and, yeah there's uh, there's some of them I mean when I'm I'm doing a sober bit right now so I'm not uh, partaking of anything uh, the um, when I was younger, and there was one I played when I was high. It was called uh, God. It was it was it was just called. It was trading like wheat. Uh, um, oh, settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. No, no, no. It was like wheat, barley, corn, and it had a bell, and you'd have six cards. Ooh. Yeah, and you just. You'd pass and you try to get and you try to trade with everyone. You had them all going. It was is that Risk? You know. I haven't see. I haven't played Risk, but is Not that Risk? risk? I don't know risk. about the bell. Risk is okay. the little plastic pieces. Risk can. Yeah. Holy crap! Alexa's going crazy. Why is she playing cat sounds? Alexa, <laughs> stop. That's hilarious. Yeah, just had a thing. I don't know what ha- happened. It must have sounded like Alexa play cats. Um. But then you start playing. Oh, technology! It just yeah, there it goes. Yes, I'm pretty sure. But I'm I digress. So you're you're in LA right now, uh, and you're yeah. planning your, your show. It's going to be uh, it's coming out. Yes, I'm so excited. We're shooting the pilot. I can't say where it ended up yet or anything okay. like that. But it was really cool. I just met with my uh, first celebrity actress, and I've never like interviewed someone for your own Uh life story which was very awesome and strange and uh she was so cool she loved it so she signed on so and i know we technically we didn't need one but all you really need is one to get the rest of the cast because she's she's super awesome and talented and so she was our number one choice i'm just so glad we got her and it's just it's going to be a really cool process it's going to be super cathartic i can already tell so i didn't write the pilot script because you can't write your own life story and be like objective and that was my number one focus was to be as brutally honest with this script as I could ever be with myself. I didn't just want the good stuff. I wanted the reality of it because mm-hmm. I thought that would make it super relatable. And, um, and so, yeah, so I'm just, I'm excited. It's, it's, uh, it's very edgy. It's very true to the blog. And, uh, 
And so the, the first iteration was very kind of like PG. And so this is definitely rated R. So I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, okay. Well, you, I don't know if you know with this show, we, we're, we're not, we're, there's no, uh, we put explicit, not that I'm filthy or anything like that, but I don't want to have to worry about if anybody wants to. I just, we're just, you know, what, if it serves a purpose, it serves a purpose. And uh, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. So it's explicit. Yeah. So I, but I don't, I That's don't great. go. Yeah. It's not something we get, you know, it depends on the topics that are coming around. So off topic since we got it. So you, you sat in with the interview, uh, with the initial interview with the actress. Was it like that? Uh, yeah. Seinfeld bit when so Jerry and George are sitting there. <laughs> kind of and and it was it was amazing actually because uh i'm directing the pilot which i can't even believe i'm saying but um at wow. first i was like well maybe i co-direct it and bring someone else in and like once we started talking with everybody they were like no you i have too specific of a vision for how it should be and i happen to know a bunch of you know very successful directors that are going to help me so it's going to be amazing but um, and i'm so lucky to have that support system here but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was really wild because she just walks in and, you know, she had just done this Steven Soderbergh project that I've been watching and she's just very edgy and very interesting and she's just this very petite girl and she goes from sort of being the bad girl, so to speak, to kind of being more of a good girl that she's, and she laughs because she's this drop-dead gorgeous model. And so we sit down at 10 a.m. at this uh, little bakery just a couple weeks ago, and mm -hmm. she orders a large hot chocolate and gluten-free bread with, like, this spread. And I'm watching this tiny, gorgeous human being with these little tiny hands hold this super large hot chocolate. And I'm just like, where is all of this going? <laughs> um, but it was really, it was wild because, like, it, the relationship between the actors and the director is everything. So for mm -hmm. the two main leads uh, and myself, like, we have to be simpatico because I have to learn how to get them to go for the motion that, that, you know, that is required for the scene. So, and then try things a bunch of different ways. So we have to be, I have to be inside their brain as much as possible. So now it's great with, you know, social media and with YouTube, you know, and especially because these are, you know, famous people I'm dealing with. So, uh, so you just do a bunch of your own preliminary research and then I throw all that out and then basically just get there and, and, you know, you have like, it's, it's a ton of pre-production work. So I have to outline like line items of what each character is going through in each, each specific scene, you storyboard it out. So I know exactly the mm -hmm. shots are that I want. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's really cool, but I can finally say that I did it and, um, you know, and hopefully it, it does well and, and, you know, and things like that. But if not, I can at least say I did it and then figure out what my next project is. Wow. That sounds great. Well, yeah, right? I mean, but it's so yeah. cool. I just can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was a so long excited. process, wasn't it? Very, very. Well, the first, uh, well, it's called optioning of a project. So Talk Nerdy uh, Me got optioned. And, and the website's called Talk Nerdy Me Lover, if you guys want to check it out. But it's Talk Nerdy Me got optioned in 2010, originally, by Mary Parent. Um, I sold an iteration of the IP to MTV uh, for a show. I sold another show to History Channel. Um, neither of these made air. So it's one thing to sell a show. It's mm -hmm. another for it to actually make air and go into production. Mm -hmm. Then I had a put pilot at CBS, which is a pilot with a penalty. And it was with Les Moonves, and, and Les doesn't pay out the penalties, which is amazing because then I would have lost rights to my own life story and my own script. And so thankfully, because he didn't do that, I was able to repackage it cold call Bruckheimer, which wasn't a cold call. And, uh, and yeah, now, and now we're going into production. So it's been, it's been great. It's been quite the journey, but I am very persistent and I don't give up on things I believe in and see. 
So, so it's wait. a compulsion, actually. I can't. So if someone options your story, or, or mm-hmm. um, they could do the with a penalty, meaning if they buy it and decide not to shoot it, you'd have to pay a penalty in order to go someplace else, right? Is that, yes. did I hear that correctly? Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically a put pilot with a penalty it only happens. It's what they call in Hollywood like a holy grail situation. Again, all of this is for network TV. I don't know if it's the same now with streaming, but that's how quickly things changed in the last five years. So I had a deal with the traditional network. So um, NBC placed the first uh, offer on it, then NBC, then Fox, and then CBS. And so CBS really wanted it. And, um, and I'm actually friends with the guy who made the offer at Fox, and he told me outright, he's like, yeah, he's like, you just got too expensive. So uh, the condition of CBS taking it was not only that they pay the premium price, but that should it not go into production, meaning because they haven't read the script yet. The the initial concept mm-hmm. sold on Jerry Bruckheimer's name, the fact that it was mm-hmm. his first TV pilot and the writer Morgan Murphy and like a couple of lines. Like they didn't even have a script. So they had to develop this out in between the time it sold in August and then in January, they had four different iterations of it. But I wasn't involved in any of those. But bottom line was with CBS, they uh, they were able to say, like, okay, here's the premium, but, oh, yeah, by the way, if it doesn't make air, you still have to pay everybody. So I have no idea, like, what happened with everybody else. I was the lowest man on the totem pole, mm-hmm. which is fine because I learned a lot from it. But, um, but that's how it works. And so if I had gotten that, if they had just paid me that check, like, the this, this script would be shelved. Like, I would not have rights to my own IP. I would not have rights. They got my life rights trademarked in intellectual property. So when I wanted to redevelop it, it took 19 months, but I had two separate attorneys look at it and basically explain to me, like, oh, yeah, you got everything back because they were supposed to pay and they didn't pay, and so you're good. But okay. had I gotten that, yeah, and, it, you know, it's not a, it's enough to buy a car. It wasn't a, a big check, but, you know, any amount of money like that is a solid amount of money. But now I'm in complete control, which is amazing, and, you know, I'm doing what I know to be right for the script and to be right for um, the audience because it's the most popular series of posts that I've written. And that's wow. what it's based on, that that particular uh, item of my life. Well, that's that's exciting. Uh, yeah, Ray, I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a question since you're on the uh, West Coast. What have you changed your uh, regular social patterns? And it's not a big deal. I'm not I, – I, I made a joke at the beginning before you came on that, um, you know, I've, I've – I uh, I work for the hospital, so I do wash my hands regularly. I'm careful of who how I interact with people and things like that. Have you changed things? Like, are you uh, are you carrying around uh, sanitizer with you and wipes all the time? Are you wearing a mask? Are you doing? Have you seen any changes? Have you done anything different? Yeah, in in L. A. in L. A. for sure. There's people that wear masks. I mean. I still take public transportation. You know, I, I do the 20-second washing of the hands, which I was doing anyway. We have certain wipes uh, at the house for the, like, coronavirus in here. But, I mean, I think, you know, if any time that you give in to fear, like, like you've already lost. Do you know what I mean? I think you, you absolutely need to take certain precautions, like, you know, like you're saying, whether that means traveling with hand sanitizer or that means, you know, not going to certain crowded things. Whatever that means to you, you need to do it. But I just don't buy into this, like, hype, fear-based mentality of, like, the world is going to end. No, we might have to be quarantined for, like, you know, two weeks to maybe a month. But, like, you know, I work from home. So, you know, my, my job isn't affected by it. And so kind of everything that I'm doing, from my perspective, isn't. 
but you know, I, I just also don't, I don't feed into fear. I look at things logically and what would I be buying anyway that, you know, we can stock up on. So we have that taken care of and then, you know, the rest of it will be what it'll be. So you make sure you have lots of books in your Kindle and TV and all that. So, and if, if, if that's the wave that we have to ride, then that's what's going to happen. So two weeks, they said, well, two weeks, that's pretty much it. Yeah. They said two weeks to two weeks to a month. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, it's, I, I spe- the way I view it, it sounds like they really aren't going to, unless they, I mean, from people, certain industries, they're not going to go and test themselves because if they can't replace their income, if they're working, let's say, in the service industry or any, you know, minimum wage employee and stuff like that, they're not going to go out of the way to test themselves because they don't want to be quarantined because they won't be paid, you know. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, it's very it unfortunate. Harsh. It sounds harsh, but that's just the realities where it comes to that. And the people where it's most likely going to spread from to other people is in the ones where people have the most contact with the most amount of people. And that's the lower, you know, that's that. Lower, well, they were also saying, level. too. Yeah, they were also saying, too, uh, today that Italy um, is basically suspending all like mortgage payments just because people can't work. So I'm. I'm hopeful, you know, maybe that's naive of me to think, but, like, I'm hopeful that, you know, uh, adjustments will be made, especially, because especially down in the Keys, I mean, if you work in service, that's, like, you know, hand yeah, to mouth. I mean, you, you guys. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll yeah, that have, really we'll needs help it. people that are owning homes, but it's, it's <laughs> you can't force a suspension of uh, uh, rent payments, <laughs> right? Yeah, so. well, unless, unless maybe that's part of the caveat that, hey, landlord, you don't have to pay this, but. You know, and, and maybe this is all wishful thinking, but I think, you know, it, it, it's definitely an interesting time. And, you know, I, my heart, my heart's out to everybody down there because I know, again, it, it's very much, at, you know, you're at the service of tourists. So you have to. And, and, yeah. and then what things do is, is tourism in down. It's like in general is down. So because people aren't flying. So then no matter what you're affected, you know, well, it's they, really. They got to come in both ways here. They got the airport yeah. in Miami and they got the cruise ships in Key West. And then yeah. uh, the people heading down in their cars and th- things like that. Uh, so yep. I, I imagine that the uh, uh, lady that's cleaning the hotel rooms is um, she's going to show up whether she until she, or she's coughing up a lung. She's gonna, uh, yeah, show up and that's really unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, that that's just what. Um, but that that that's neither here nor there, and people are going to get to in the end. They they just want to get a handle on it. Um, we don't have the, uh, uh, I don't think we have the, uh, resources to deal with things if they really get bad, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere near as this, like the Spanish influenza of, uh, 1918, yeah. but that's there, but not to be a downer and stuff like that. And, and one of the things noticed and I, the onion, I, I thought it was something, uh, I posted on the onion, someone posted on the onion about don't, uh, make sure you suck on the brass door on the doorknobs right and yeah that was the onion but then someone posted and it was a circle licking public service uh service uh licking in public places or service a uh, public and i said well, who the hell does that yeah. how is that a thing and i don't even think they said it in in uh in jest and it was very strange where it came up they said well I, I thought, oh, I started laughing, and I'm reading a little closer. And I said, well, everything else in this article is serious. Why would that be in there? And uh, I, I just, that's the hysteria part of it. That when is, has that ever been a thing? Where, yeah, I guess. 
and, and, and I run into here, I, I, as a bartender, if someone asks for a cup with a napkin, and I go, why, why do you want that? I dip, and I go, you do not do that in here. This is a restaurant. You can go outside. That, that you know, that's one of the things you, you know, people don't want to see you spitting into a cup. Um, so oh, oh, they dip, meaning chewing tobacco. I didn't even know what you meant dip, for a second. Dip. Okay, yeah, it's just, got well, it, it's, got you know, it's it. It's funny. Dip. It's just like that ghosting Ew. and saying, uh, uh, yeah. And, and things like that. There's some, yeah, dip. It's just one of those things. And uh, you see the people giving their, um, the, the, the uh, press conferences and they say, make sure you don't touch your faces. And then when they turn the page, they lick their finger and turn the page. You yeah. Know? So, uh, but I think that's going to pass. So, but this is, I didn't want it, I didn't want it to be, I talked about that in the beginning of the show and I don't want to mention it in too good because I wanted to get most of it out about you. So, yeah, well, um, you, 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 you did mention that you really can't say when it is going to air, right? I don't want to. No, I can't, I can't say that yet. Yeah. yeah Cause we're, we're also in pre-production right now. Like the, the coronavirus would, would affect us going into production. So there's, there's a lot of variables, but I'm excited to say it'll definitely happen before the end of the year, which oh, okay. is the well, most that's... confident I've been able to say that ever. So, and it's in, it's a minimal shoot, so it won't take us very long. And then, you know, however long post is. So it's, I'm very excited. It'll be, uh, it'll be ready to go very soon. I can't, but I'm going to do, we're doing a really big, we're doing a a social uh, media movement behind it. Uh So I'm happy to talk about it when I can. Um, It's a really, it was something that I didn't know was a thing until Uh I discovered it being a thing. And then I was like, well, this is wrong. And it kind of plays into the, the project like flawlessly. And so when I, when I, told the idea to the first lead actress she was mm-hmm. like i'm totally game so i'm really excited and when i can talk about that I'll, i'm happy to uh so uh, yeah. no, but no no I, I, I i'm completely comfortable i want to see what um can you say what the title is going to be yeah the title is called talk nerdy to me so, okay, so you can even see that there's like deadline reported okay yeah talk nerdy to me and the the premise of it is uh, a nerd who, uh, well, her mind thinks in very binary uh, ways, meaning like ones and zeros. And so she actually explores the world of S&M and foot foot, uh, domination. So I used to own eight foot slaves. And so uh, that's the premise of the show is kind of exploring this world from, again, that binary perspective. But it's like the sort of submission and control that she takes and the dynamic between her and the dom. and, And then she also works at a tech startup. So it's like, you know, how when she starts to explore that world, how that bleeds into her relationship with her family and her relationship with the with work. And so, uh, so I'm really excited. There hasn't been a lot spoken about this space, and uh, I'm really proud that all of it's very honest. Oh, wow. That, that, uh, well, that closely follows the uh, Elizabeth Warren story, doesn't it? There, there. Uh, a little, a little no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm, she's a sweetheart. I just saw her Saturday Night Live. I thought yeah. that would. Um, yeah, oh, I thought that was great. Okay, well, um, yeah, I, I, I like that. So, well, yeah, you're in a state that's safe, you know. Uh, it's yeah. There's no doubt where that's going to go. But, uh, yeah, I'm, we're in the, I'm in the purple right here. And some of the listeners get angry at it, but that's the way it is. It's my show, so. Um, you Good know, for you. If you don't like it, you know, that's it. Uh, Jen, I'd like to thank you for the impromptu just yeah. showing up. I do. Thank you and, so much. Thank you for having me, and great to talk about the keys. I like I said, I miss it terribly. Yeah. So, hey, can I use your picture from social media on the uh, cover of this Please. episode? Yeah, and it's just uh, talk nerdy to me lover is my Instagram handle, and then talk nerdy to me lover is the blog, and then uh, I'm just Jen Friel across 
pretty much everything else. Okay. So Twitter, all that fun stuff. Oh, great. Well, then we'll, we'll, we'll push that then for my, great. you know, because Thanks so much. literally listen to tens and tens of people. No, we get hundreds and hundreds. We're in the th- moving into the thousands per month. So that's good. That's uh, great. Well, wonderful. Well, well c- wishing you continued success and say hi to your lovely bride for me and I uh, hope everything else is well. I will. She'll be so happy that I spoke to you. She loves you. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'll talk to you soon, Jim. Thank okay, you. Best wishes. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, Jim the Keys bartender. That was Jen Friel. Uh, we're going to. Um, I hope uh, that didn't bore you guys, but uh, I don't mean that conversation about the uh, part where I was struggling to get the sound back. But uh, we are. Uh, I don't think I insulted her because otherwise we would have heard this. You're an asshole. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. So uh, we'll be back. Uh, there'll be uh, additional episodes. I want to release this. I didn't know if there was going to be a gap this week. Uh, take care. God bless. Uh, and don't lick any public service, uh, surfaces out there. Bye. <laughs>